You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida, and you are listening to the monthly Total EquiHealth episode on Horses in the Morning for February 23rd, 2023. Regular co-hosts Kayla and Emily are out and about gathering intel for upcoming episodes, so sit back and enjoy this previously aired masterpiece from the Hit'em Audio Vaults. Hey, you made it to the fourth Thursday of the month on Horses in the Morning. All right, so... It's the fourth Thursday of the month. You know what that means. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Both of us. Yay. I've, I've managed to rope Emily in again, and we're going to talk <laughs> about <laughs> sale horses, obviously, uh, sale techniques. We're going to compare what it's like to have our own businesses outside, very loosely outside of the horse world. And we're going to also invite Jen I'm going to butcher her last name. Arelavo? No. Arvalo? No. We're going to have to ask her. We'll find out. (laughs) That's why we're calling her. Exactly. Of Diamante Sport Horses from Whittier, California, to chat about her stallion, Diamante Fino, and all things foal. All right. Let's get to it. Emily. We've had some technical difficulties. We've taken a deep breath. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's good. It's good. Technical difficulties are good. It's like a little minor, like adrenaline shot, panic attack, and then hopefully it's resolved quickly enough (laughs) that one makes the said time frame, et cetera. But, yes, here we are. Microphones, headphones. We are good. Well, your your sound is better. So that's I'm awesome. So glad. Glenn made yeah. it official with our proposal of a, a new microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was putting it together today. And I was like, I feel like I should post something. It is very official. <laughs> and this one's super high tech compared to what we were rocking eight years ago. Circa eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more buttons. Uh-oh. Oh no. Mine only has a very small stand and one button, so I think I'm uh, I'm a little behind the times. Yes, so. this one has a volume, which I'm I feel is not my my place. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I'm not going to touch that. I'm yeah, yeah, that's that's Jen or Glenn's job. Oh, so. Well, how have you been? How's Welly World? Welly World is good. It's warm, uh, as it is everywhere. Uh, (laughs) The show goes on. We've had quite a bit of action down here with the sails. The weather, I have to say, I know it's hot. It's just been a little peculiar because we're not getting as many storms as it seems we should be getting this time of year. I don't know. Like I'm from New York originally and like every hurricane season I become like, you know, like a superstitious like weather person and I'll be like, well, you know, and people say it, Oh, well it's, it's when it's hotter, that's when the bad hurricanes come or when it's hotter and it's not as wet or whatever. So it just feels like this is like an odd summer, uh, but it's going, you know, I can't complain. I was going to say it is a bit of an odd summer because we had a bit of a drought the uh the beginning of June 
up in Ocala, the grass was turning brown, which is very unusual. Um, and then we've been having afternoon storms, but not nearly, I think, as bad, which makes me a little more nervous that the the next hurricane that actually rolls through is going to be right? like, a doozy. A thing? I've, yeah, <laughs> I'm scared too. I don't, and we didn't discuss this earlier, so maybe it's a thing. Ooh, I'm a little nervous, but it is hot. Like it's so it hot right now. I mean, I can change my work schedule. Most of mine are trials. We're, I don't have anything currently that's showing. I have a couple that are gearing up to show although we do have down here that covered. I mean, you're the one that's out in the heat, really. I mean, you won that big class on your big bay horse. I mean, okay, that was a night class, though. No, it was a day class. It was, it day was class. yeah, and it was hot that day. Like, I mean, so I, I was joking with everyone, um, and I didn't say this uh, on the last episode that they had me on to talk about it, but um, so I won the Future Pre which is a 135 to 140. Yay. Um, and like down at the World Equestrian Center in Ocala. And um, so my horse, okay. I don't plan on making the jump off very often because we're we're learning and he's still a young horse and he's so big that every now and then I don't get my work done early enough and we might punch out a rail here and there. Um, so we don't jump off a lot, okay? <laughs> um, and so I'm walking around. I'm like, holy crap, we just we just jumped clear. And my horse, um, he's a bit of a roarer. Um, he sounds like a, well, a bit. He sounds like a tractor. Um, and so I'm walking around and it's hot. Like it's, it's the class right before they do the drag and reset the course for the Grand Prix. So it's like in the middle of the day. Um, and, you know, we did everything before. We cooled them off and we're, you know, we have these products that carry cool and things like that, that we use to help cool them off. Um, but obviously we can't have that in the ring when it's an immediate jump off. Um, and so I'm walking around and the guy preloaded into the ring with me. And I think he thought I was nuts because I was talking to my horse and I was like, it's okay, buddy, you catch your breath, <laughs> you take your time. And you know, like they, ra- they ring the bell, you got 45 seconds. And I'm like, it's okay. We got, we got time. Take a deep breath. And he's like, <gasps> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. And you're like, okay, well it's 20 seconds. We got to go, bud. You know, and I'm just talking to him and I'm like, all right, let's Ale. And, uh, so we go off and, and my plan was to not actually go fast because there's only so fast you can go on an 18 hand horse. Um, so hands. he's 17, three and some change. Wow. Yeah. He and looks big. He's very big. And so you can't, you can't go fast on that, you know? So you, you just plan on cutting out a step here and there and, yeah whatever and so but that, that was my plan like, Dang, we gotta go again <laughs> exactly. right now <laughs> right now really i we don't normally do this <laughs> are you sure mom <laughs> yeah buddy i'm sure i'm, I'm so sorry i'm so sorry it's so hot <laughs> so good boy he's a lovely yeah. horse. i love watching you guys together he his he just needs to get in some more of them and his fitness up yeah but do you think he struggles in the heat? I saw you had some nebulizer or something. You were yeah. So we just got that. Actually, it's my Total EquiHealth uh, demo. So we carry uh, equine nebulizers, and um, so we're trying it out on him. Um, you know, we've scoped him. The airway looks fantastic, but he's definitely a roarer. Um, so, you know, we're just doing everything we can to help keep everything healthy and going in the right direction. You know, we do a lot like 
I usually train in the mornings early. Um, you know, we, we ice him, we hose him down immediately after. And, uh, I've got this product called carry cool, which is a cooling neck wrap that hits the, the, um, Oh, what is it called? The guttural pouches, which the carotid artery runs right underneath. So, you know, the the science behind it is that it cools all that down and helps cool the core temperature down quicker. Um, we've got them on some supplements to help muscle repair and, and things like that. You know, there's a lot that goes into, especially a big horse, um, and, and everything like that. And I do think he struggles a little bit, but we I do a ton of fit, fitness work. I actually treat him a little bit more like an event horse. Um, so we do canter sets. We do trot sets. We we log our cardio hours and, uh, well, minutes, but, you know, it feels like hours. Um, <laughs> I'm like, wait, I stopped eventing. I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> you, but you really do, though, some of those big boys. I mean, it's a even over a, a week, if you, if you do get into the jump off, you could be doing six rounds. Yep. Something like this. I mean, it fitness is, is the game, baby. I mean, it really is. It's hard on those big guys too. You've got to walk that line of getting them fit, but not so, so like silly fit. Right. Exactly. Stupid rails yeah. or, you know, get too looky. Or- <laughs> too fresh. Well, and yeah. what's nice is, is Doki, my big horse is a, he's a game day horse. So like he'll be cold and temperamental. And when I say cold, I mean like, you know, a little behind the leg, a little, uh, like, eh, I don't really want to do this all through the week, even at the show. And then you braid him or you do something. You're like, this is a bigger class. He's like <laughs> game day, baby. Let's do this. And That's like, awesome. just shows up and, you know, wants to to play the game which is awesome so uh but but he's he's unlike any horse that i've i've sat on before you know i have a young horse a seven-year-old kensington that is literally the exact opposite he's happy any day of the week i'm like hey buddy we're flatting today he's like okay awesome and then i'm like hey we're showing today he's like cool and just happy to be present he's like you know he's the kid in class that you're like kensington he's like here you know (laughs) um where like doki's like yeah i guess i'm here you know how old is doki um he is nine oh wow he's still young yeah he's a young boy i got him as a six-year-old um and actually today as we are recording this, it is our three-year anniversary from Aww. when we got him. So <laughs> that's so exciting! Congratulations! Uh, that's fun. Yeah. To, I mean, I know that feeling to when you develop them from the young jumpers and you start doing your first classes, and then my gosh, you win one! Like that's so exciting. Well, what's really cool, and I don't talk about it a lot, is he didn't show in Europe when I got him. So you know, he came over and he hadn't really shown. Um, and we took a leap of faith on him and we actually just went to Venice and did our first Grand Prix at, uh, Foxley farm. And so I've done everything from his, his first ever show, which, you know, was a little bit of a, a, a story in itself, but to, uh, to his Grand Prix. And that's just been really cool. It's to, really rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> it's really rewarding. It and, makes the other days easier when you, when you, when you, start logging those in and really getting that success start starting one for, at a certain point green broke through the shoot whenever you start and really taking them all the way up those ranks there's nothing like that feeling yeah 
it's but it is tiring like you know you're like oh god yeah people don't always realize that you know like it took three years to get to this point and you know the amount of time money maintenance yeah and stuff you know but it's so rewarding on that day you're like wow everything has come together this is awesome and then you're always gonna have your crappy days too but oh of course <laughs> those make Gotta the good those. days feel better <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah you have to have some good days you know yeah. circled in there or, or we wouldn't keep going now yeah. did they go slow with him showing because of his size so, well, okay, a little backstory. I didn't know completely that I knew he had, sh I thought he had shown a tiny, tiny bit, but come to find out that like the people I bought him from had purchased him from his breeders, his breeders reached out, they had sold him. He hadn't even cantered under saddle yet. And oh I bought gosh. him like four months after the, the people bought him. Is um, he so threat to jump? He is. Yes. But okay, get this. How weird is genetics, by the way? His full sister, so he's almost 18 hands. His full sister is 15, too. Oh, my gosh. I know. Sometimes you're just like, whoa, <laughs> what where did that come from? And he <laughs> came from the reason they hadn't cantered under saddle is because their arena wasn't big enough and they didn't <laughs> think they could turn oh because they specialize in small horses and ponies. Oh, my gosh. And here <laughs> he is, like, the giant. Oh, my God. I do know that feeling when the ring's too small and the baby's too large. Yeah. And you're like, mm, I'm not going to turn. Yeah, like, this looks like we're going to just fall down in a corner yeah. or something. Oh, my gosh. Well, but that's hilarious. He was with ponies. His breeding is uh, Conrad Dehus, I guess, who throws either ginormous babies or, like, very small. I, I'm not too familiar with them, but... That's what I've heard is people have said, oh, Conrad's, they're either giant and they don't really learn their balance in the canner till they're like nine or ten or they're petite and just balanced from like birth. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't have that one. I have the other one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's a big horse. Yeah. I mean, at least he's sharp with his front end, though. He is. He in. He's finally figuring out his his all of his parts, and he's getting yeah. a lot sharper. Um, I will say we don't always have a lead change, so that's okay. kind of fun. You know, when you have like numbers coming up, and you're like, <laughs> got a a flat five to a one to a nine to a steady three, and then roll back to the triple combination. Not I have that a that kid wasn't riding me. with me right now. And she's, we're gearing up to go horse show and I've got one. It's a lovely little horse and he will get the, the changes when he's focused on course. But like when you're schooling or, or, you know, what, Hey, sometimes he won't when you're on course too. Yeah. So she's missed the change. And I'm just like, keep looking at the jump. And yep. if you hadn't got it now, you're not going to get it. So you oh, better learn to get her out of the cross, out of the cross scanner. The cross scanner. I mean, you just got to go, you know, it's an acquired skill. The it is it, out of the cross scanner, but you know what? Or they can change. Exactly. That's what my my, my <laughs> new mindset is like. Well, here we are. <laughs> I know, really. I you mean, know, I and I think at the, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, like you set them up, you do the balance, you do the flat work, you give them the opportunity, and it's less stressful to let them kind of like learn cause and effect themselves a little bit I find yeah. rather than like yeah. badgering them if he doesn't I mean if he's old enough that he understands and he just won't get his balance it seems like at some stage that's how my little horse is eventually he's gonna just he's got a good clean change he just starts eh, looking out of the ring yeah. and throwing his balance off and boom then before you know it, we're cross cannery into the combination <laughs>
Well, and that's the thing is like he will get the changes sometimes, but then other times he just doesn't. And yeah. the, if if I was to hound him about it, then, you know, he kind of, for lack of a better term, he takes a piss about it. And yeah. he's like, ah, and he kind of almost gets hyper focused and yeah. stops looking at where he's going because he's like, I got to get the change. I got to get yeah, the change. Yeah. I got to get the change. And you're yeah. just like, well, now we're we now I've had to triple add to this jump right, on exactly. this massive stepping monster. Yeah. And now you have to use your scope. <laughs> an article, this is ages ago, but they were talking about the development of distances, like when show jumpers as a discipline really just got married to finding distances and what they were and what the you know, perfect one was and whatnot. And um, it was like late 60s, early 70s or something, I want to say. And uh, the Germans are writing a whole article about how it was affecting the um, suppleness of the animal. They, with all of this micromanaging and ah, changing of the canner and, and all of this in this effort to find the quote unquote perfect distance, they were actually confusing the horses, having more rails and taking away the suppleness of the canner. Now with the technicality of the courses, we really need to have the horses supple round and, and, or, you know, maybe they don't need to be round, but you need to be able to put their feet where they need to be. Uh, but I found that to be very interesting. And that's, I feel a bit with the lead change. It's like, yeah. you know, we only badger so much. It's got to be yep. smooth path of least resistance. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we've been gabbing for a long time. We, uh, <laughs> could, I know I could talk about this for forever. We would talk in between times, but we don't. And so now it just all happens on air, which is, you know, <sighs> I know. I'm like, hey, Emily, let's chit chat. No, we should save this for the podcast. Never mind. I'm not talking to you anymore. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, we should call our first guest. Uh, and we have our guest, Jen Arevalo with DiamanteSportHorses.com. And her, we're talking about her breeding stallion, Diamante Fino. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So glad it worked out. We're doing a time a time difference here, which it just feels all the more exciting. It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. Jen, Jen's, Jen's at the end of her day. She's in California. Um, and I thought this was going to be great. We're doing a breeding and sales uh, episode. We have had a lot of folks on that have done some breeding, large scale breeding, mayor owning and all of this, I believe as far as concerned, you're the first person that we have that's actually standing their own stallion. Right, Kayla? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, for uh, we did have one way back in actually another California uh, breeder, but it was an event rider uh, that had their own stallion too, but we don't have many. You know, you have the, the mayors and the whole program, but not a ton of uh, people that are standing their own stallions and on top mm -hmm. of it do you your own stallion i have in the past yeah yeah so that's actually equally as exciting because a lot of the people that do stand their own stallions don't don't compete them so that's really cool so yeah, he's a he's a fun guy <laughs> he's, a, he's a good boy and he takes so, care of me Tell, tell us about him. How old is he? You know, what's his history? So he is nine this year and, um, I bred him. So, um, at the time, so we're talking about 2012, I was searching for a cult of stallion material and I couldn't find anything in the U S 
Um, I did happen to come across one other Diamante Simili Colt that was for sale and they wanted six figures. And I thought, well, I mean, I could, you know, import for far less than that. But then I was like, well, I don't mind waiting and, you know, breeding my own. I would just have to find a very, very good mare to do it. And um, so I just searched out for someone who had very good mares. And I found uh, a private gal who had two mares that were really, really good contenders. And um, the, the Corrado mare that she had, you know, she was imported, uh, Karen Reed imported her, then she sold her to the gal that um, Tony Peterson, she's in Colorado. Um, so I leased um, the Corrado mare from Tony and the Corrado mare is full sibling to Coral Fino and Corofino too. They're both uh, meter sixty stallion. Amazing! How did you get uh, interested in in going down this breeding rabbit hole? Um, so I had a, a mare or two, you know, through the years, and um, I've always I I always thought about breeding. I was like, well, I could really improve her this or that. Uh, so it was always kind of on in the back of my mind that I wanted to do it. Um, and I had been at different barns that had stallions or colts and had done some foaling and, and I, I, I always wanted to get into it. And so it was just like about the timing and I, I didn't mind like, you know, waiting and taking the horse through like the inspections. So it was just, a I had time to research it. Um, and I, and I did, I researched, uh, the whole process, the step books, the, the bloodlines for about. I want to say five years, even before I found the mare to breed. Amazing. And your intention was to breed, if I recall, for temperament? Yeah. Um, so I wanted something uh, versatile. I wanted something that no one else really had, or they would have had to import it for, you know, a lot of money. Um, and then I chose uh, the stallion Diamante Smelly at the time he was, so on the WBFSH rankings, I think he was number 12 at the time, but he just seemed like a really nice overall stallion. I saw a few of his offspring and I thought, you know, he's, he's a big shot. He's going to be, he's going to become more popular. And, and sure enough, like he was number one, two years in a row in 2015, 2016 on the rankings. So his offspring just really took off. And, um, yeah, so we used frozen semen from him and, and we, we got my colt. <laughs> and he well, was born with you there in California? No. So he was born in Colorado. And then, um, when he was weaned, he stayed with his mom a little bit longer. So we brought him over before he turned a year. So cute. He's gorgeous, by the way. Are you stalking uh, Kayla? Kayla's you. a stalker. I, she I'm a stalker. while she talks. She's a talker and a stalker. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like already on the site. I I'm know. like looking at his babies, his offspring. Um, and you have a 2020 Diamante, Fino, and Cornet. I can't say the last part the of it. But, yeah, the uh, Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, what's interesting... Um, is like a, he throws, or at least it, maybe it's the mare, throws a ton of chrome onto these babies, but but he himself doesn't have a ton of chrome, but he's very eye-catching. Yeah, and, he is. Uh, you know, which is the Diamant, 
dissimiles where there's a couple on the East Coast. Um, I actually have an offspring. Uh, he's just a gelding in in my care. And he's chestnut with a lot of chrome himself. Um, and then there's a stallion that uh, competes at the World Equestrian Center because I'm in Ocala. And mm-hmm. who also is chestnut with a lot of chrome. But yours is is bay. And... <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, but very eye catching and very uh, they they seem to have this big head, big ears, um, just kind, kind expression on in their eyes, like all of them. And uh, they all seem, you know, they jump, they're super scopy and but yet very easy to handle on the ground, you know, a, a little bit slower off the ground. So it's easier for amateurs to ride um and things like that which is huge because at least in the show jump world and the event world it's run predominantly by amateurs so you need things that are uh that cater to them and they seem to have just the temperament like they're just so much fun to ride and to have on the ground they have all the movement all the scope but just so rideable and it seems like your guys breeding Mm -hmm. that which is yeah. awesome. And, and I, did, and when I, when I originally bred him, I didn't really want something that was going to be like super hot, you know, because yeah. I am an amateur rider and I, di- I didn't want anything crazy. So that's another reason why I chose, I went with him because there were other stallions that I looked at and I was like, I don't know, they're, they might produce something too hot for me. And I, you know, if, I, I just knew some of the bloodlines and I was like, I don't, I don't want something that has all the talent, but no head and you just can't ride it. I mean, yeah. it all needs to be in the package in order for them to succeed. So he looks a lot like his father. Yeah, he does. He's Doesn't like he? a splitting image. Yes, And he, he has thrown like chestnuts. So he does throw the chestnut gene and that's probably from the grandsire. Okay. Um, it, but, and then he does throw gray because of the damn sire. So he does throw a little bit of everything. He's, he's actually, um, he had a black, he's had a black, maybe one or I think two black foals. So he, he's like kind of all over the board when it comes to <laughs> color. <laughs> Genetics very, is crazy. Strange. Yeah. You can't oh, really predict too much, but. I know, no, it totally is. And so now he went through, uh, kept pace with the recommended inspections at the right times. Did he do his full inspection? What did you, he's, he's getting, uh, my, my point is what I'm trying to ask is the horse is now getting a lot of recognition. He's becoming a stallion that people are looking for. You're doing a lot of outside breeding to get to that place, did you follow all the, like check all the boxes, go to all those inspection mile markers, do the young, I know you, he shows now, I mean, y'all can check him out online. Beautiful doing hunters, jumpers. He does all of it, but what did, what was your process with actually getting him registered, inspected and all of that? So because his dam was already uh, proved in Europe and because of his sire, um, I just, I did, um, I didn't do any inspections of the foal. I feel like it was, it was far out of the way um, from where he was located. And so we, we decided not to do the full inspection and just wait and watch as he grew up to see mm-hmm. how he would turn up, you know, turn out to be. And, you know, everything was looking really good. So um, 
Yeah, we, we decided to get him approved with Holsteiner first because that's what um, he was he's registered with. And at the time, it was American Holsteiner, and now they've merged into the Holsteiner Verband. So um, the book is, it, it's just combined. Um, but yeah, so we went to the, the Royal Oaks, um, so Anki's place in Thousand Oaks, we went there for the inspection. And um, then they wanted him to do the... They preferred testing. So in Europe, um, it's very different here, but um, they prefer testing um, over sport for Holsteiner. And so um, I had looked into the testing. Um, we were going to do it one year and I just could not get my rider to go up there. She was just like overbooked with shows. And so um, we how said, long okay, was the well, testing? Was that so like the hundred day test or was it a few mm -hmm. weeks? No, it, they've simplified it to a three-day testing. It's okay. really not. It's really not difficult. Um, and you know, my rider was at the time. I had you know a Grand Prix trainer, and she was like, "Well, you could just ride them." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I want to give him the best opportunity to show off what he has. And if I don't have that, I feel like I shouldn't take him. You know, because I don't want." to give off the wrong impression, you know, I mean, it's, it's different when you're at a show and, um, and the judge will give you a ribbon or not, but you know, this is something where this sticks the judge, with them. The, yes. And the judges are coming from Europe and it's, mm -hmm. it's just different. So, um, so we decided to wait a year and then we just, we, we were showing. So then that year he was showing more. Was that his and, four year old year or his five year old year? So yeah, so yeah, the five and the six year old year he was showing pretty good, and so um, we just thought, well, we'll just we'll just forego the testing for now and and just try and do the sport that they require. And um, yeah, I mean, looking back, I would probably do make more of an effort to do the three D testing because of the ease of it, um, and it's like it's less costly than doing shows because the shows are just you know. Oh, yeah, no, they're expensive. so expensive. <laughs> oh, I know. I have a stallion. <clears throat> He's five years old this year. Uh, Zangerscheid, Caratino, Langraf, uh, other way around. But I, I did the same thing. I bred him, and I have not yet. I am hope he he's beautifully correct. He jumps wonderful. He is a little bit like your horse, where I think he can go in in any of the rings and be successful. I have not taken him to any inspections yet, full inspections, nor the one or three-year-old. Um, I'm exactly on your track, so that's encouraging because, I mean, looking at a picture of your horse right now with a big rosette around his neck, <laughs> it's working for you guys. And, and a lot of outside breeding. I don't. We didn't bring this up, uh, Kayla, but Jen, you don't have any falls of your own by your stallion correct no no that they are that is correct so i i have a mare uh, i bought her last year but um it was really late in the year so we decided to wait until spring and now now we're stuck in limbo she yeah you know, she, it's like so she i don't know if we're gonna have a full next year but um you know it's the process i mean we've all we've all been in the shoes there's breeding there's ups and downs and so you know he's he's not the 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 only horse I bred, you know, we we um, my mom and I had a a breeding before that. We bred in 2015, but he's unrelated to my stallion. So we did have mares and breeding through different like different years, but 
Um, he, yeah, I do not have one of my own, which is a goal of mine to, to eventually have one of his fillies so that I can, you know, breed him to another one of my future stallions. <laughs> he, for your approvals, I see he's approved American Warm Blood Regist- Registry, that's the AWR, KWPN, which is Dutch. And he is stud book two with Holsteiner and Westphalian Verband, which like you say, are the German Verbands that's mm-hmm. not with the North American. So how did, did the, what that was through regist- just registration, not actually presenting the horse. So, um, so he was approved and um, inspected through Holsteiner and then through them. Some of the other ones are Irk end. Um, which, okay. You know, so they're accepted um, because of his original approval, or because right. um, some of some of the stud books because of COVID, they approved him during COVID, where they were doing. Virtual I saw that. Inspections. Yes. Yes. Like, this is so, my kind of inspection, <laughs> right from home. <laughs> Just upload yeah. that video, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that was kind of handy and. Um, you know, it's good because um, not everybody is going to use the same stud book. And so it's kind of nice to have like a, a variety of of approvals or where they can be accepted. And we also don't um, we're not prejudiced against different breeds. We do we do, you know, offer him to outside of the criteria, you know, thoroughbred warm blood. We we have bred him to paint mares and. We've um, bred to quarter horses and, you know, he has something to offer if they want to be in the discipline of the hunter jumper world, the eventing world, you know, he has something to offer them. So he's really brave. I'm stalking all the baby pictures right now. And I'm like, <laughs> that's why I'm so silent. I'm like, Ooh, baby. Ooh, there's I another baby. Really I, quality. All of them. I do have to say pants. like the biggest, common denominator of all the foals that you have on on the website which is diamantesporthorses.com and um when there's a canner picture they all are using their hind end Mm -hmm. like they're using the hind end i watched um a video of one of the fillies trotting and like just the suspension the movement the hind the natural hind end engagement um you know the older ones are have a big shoulder like huge okay. shoulder um and really beautiful neck placement um just you know you could go anyway hunter jumper dressage uh eventing all of it uh it just looks like he can really produce a little of everything, um, which is lovely. Yeah, and then the brain on top of it. Oh, you got. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm that like, you, well, it's funny that you mentioned the dressage thing because he has a, a maternal half sibling that is a, an approved stallion. And he's a dressage stallion standing in Canada. His name is Eliano. I'm not sure if you knew about that. <laughs> but no, he's a, not he's at in all. Canada. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I mean, same, same even dam, different sire, but yeah, we, we joke, uh, at our farm, we have the, the Diamant Dissimile, uh, gelding at our farm. And I was like, it's a good thing he jumps well, because otherwise he gets snatched up in a hot second as a dressage horse, just from the suspension mm. of the, 
of the trot, you know, the, the canter movements where you can literally do like a canter pirouette to like get in two point and gallop out of the pirouette and like, you know, and then bring them back right away and then do another canter pirouette and then gallop again. And, you know, so the versatility, the elasticity of the gates and, and things like that is just obscene with these horses. So like they really can go in any direction, which is just awesome. Um, yeah, so really strong. He's, he's really life. cool. Yeah, he is so, really yeah. cool. I watched him <laughs> and did some hunter derbies, and then what, what are your plans with him? Well, fill fill our our audience in on what he has done show wise. I know because I I also stalk you online, <laughs> your your stallion. Um, but fill everyone in on what he's done and the, and what your plans are for him. So he during the breeding season, he is at. A breeding farm and that makes it easy for all my my clients to order their collections and um so they go directly as soon as they are you know as soon as the contract is signed then they are in contact with my breeding manager and she will coordinate with them for any shipments it makes it a lot easy easier um you know I, for one year i tried to go back and forth because it's about 15 minutes away one and one way I tried to go back and forth and it was just too hard on him. So, um, it's easier for me to just leave him there for the few months of the breeding season. And then when he comes back, he goes back into full work and then, um, we usually plan for shows. So, but yeah, he has done jumpers. He's done the, he did the five-year-old jumpers and he's, he did the jumpers up to a meter 20 and then um, he took a break during COVID and he came back and did the hunters uh, with an amateur rider hunter derby. That was, um, he won the hunter derby. It was um, up here in um, at Hanson Dam equestrian center. And so he won that. It was, uh, it was a $500 derby. And so that was kind of nice. I mean, it was his first time going out and he just really loves to like, take his time and like, just make every jump look great, you know? And, and it's, it's a fun ride, you know, you don't, you don't feel like you're gonna, you know, crash or lose control. Cause he's just so easygoing and so nice to ride. It's like riding on a big cloud. That looks like he looks like he just floats. He can go in any ring. He's just got that nice, I, I like I like a larger horse. I like the little guys too, but there's something very nice and square about his build, uh, and he just looks so comfortable and and tremendously scopey, easy scope. And like Kayla's saying, he has such a correct hind end, which he's throwing to his foals. He just everything is easy for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's been really fun, um, and he's he's had his moments. I mean, he's a stallion, so there's that to contend with, but he's always been really good for me. And, um, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, I've, I've heard horror stories about other people's stallions and what they've done. And I'm like, Oh man. I mean, oh my, gosh, yours isn't yeah, like that. He doesn't have a <laughs> no bone in like in his body like that. Not at all. Tell, tell no. people where they can find you if they're interested in some breeding or looking into some of the, progeny that are on the ground right now what are the best places to find diamante fino so um we are on uh facebook and instagram under diamante sport horses or um 
it's our website is www.diamantesporthorses.com or you can um, always text or call me at 323-895-8033 and I'll be happy to answer any questions about him. Oh Amazing. boy, she, she just gave out her phone number. <laughs> she this Sally is going to have a lot of babies. Uh, and he, he does frozen and fresh, cooled? Yes. Yes, fresh, cooled. We ship to all the lower 48 states. We have shipped to Canada, but with COVID restrictions, it's gotten a little bit tougher. So we just usually stick to the lower 48 Amazing. Well, we're going to keep an eye on him. You guys, this is a great stallion to follow. Thank you so much, Jen Arevalo. We're so pleased that you took the time, the time difference and the time to meet with us today. All right. Thank you guys for having us. Today's podcast is brought to you by Total EquiHealth. Total EquiHealth's mission is to provide top quality health and fitness products for equines and equestrians. Horses and riders at every level deserve health-conscious options. Stop by TotalEquiHealth.com today for the very best in supplements, therapy products, and even skincare. That's TotalEquiHealth.com. Wow. Well, Jen was super awesome. Um, so exciting to hear about her horse, Diamante Fino. Um, and for listeners, Diamante has an E at the end. It's like diamond but with a te at the end but you know um just in case <laughs> you can't spell like you me. Can't find <laughs> me yeah um but so i have a question for you <laughs> i know that you have your own startup business that's loosely connected to the horse world but also like mildly not but really actually yes um with S Equestrian and I myself have started Total Equa Health, which is a sp- the sponsor of this podcast. My history for IMDb, um, it's incredible. But what <laughs> drove funny. the so, yes, it that was- you decided one day that your life wasn't busy enough and you were going to start another I business? I know. I know. Like now I'm just like, gosh, you know, it was really like, I've been, we've been incorporated now. We went on the racks at Bevels uh, t- in 2010. Oh, wow. I know. So it's <laughs> the madness continued. Um, it At that time in my life, I did actually oddly have the largest business that I have had to date. I had probably 18 to 20 three to 26 or so <laughs> 18 to, to a billion like <laughs> setting a lot of them and uh customers kids ponies going on the road showing in everything and legit for me it was necessity this was legit at the time that we were still trying to pull out of the cotton rat catcher yeah. situation and the dry cleaner and we lost the collar and can we make another one out of the tail of the shirt like just the insanity and like golf and like tennis and they're all just like woo woo and all breezy and everything and we're yeah. all in our like wool and leather and cotton <laughs> and we're just not conforming and people are like it's getting heat stroke and and all that so I, I was like I can't do it as a hard-working professional I did not see anything on the racks that I wanted to part with a hundred dollars or whatever, you know, the stuff is not cheap. No, so that was that. That's what drove me was necessity. I saw a need for an athletic fa- fabric shirt and we truly were the first. Uh, Kingsland came out shortly, right 
around us a little bit after uh, with their cotton version of the of the uh, convertible, I think they call it show shirt, which is just without the collar, you know, it just buttons up. And then from there it was crazy. Then Smart Pack knocked us off and whatever. I mean, who cares? People are going to do it. Nobody's going to make it. Clearly making them in the downtown garment district in Manhattan. <laughs> I mean, the, my shirts are tailored that, you know, girl, they last. Oh, for, I wear them. I have. You can bleed on them. Oh like, my God. They wash out. Uh, but that for me was, it was a necessity. And I, uh, I, I have to say I was getting a little bit burnout. I was doing a lot. I was living on the road, showing constantly. So I think subconscious me was trying to give myself also something else to do and not just run in circles, as you know, that you can do, which I I knew that this company was the sponsor. I did not realize that this was your company. So you have <laughs> the fear. You are also crazy. Uh, well, well, and I'm like, I'm showing all the time now and uh, i'm like literally headed to venice tomorrow to go jump in the grand prix the following day and uh you know and then we're trying to get total equa health off the ground and um you know it came around for myself and my business partner don willie who also co-owns all of the horses that i ride um because we're just trying to drive the bus and like, you know, how are these horses going to pay for themselves when they cost so dang much? (laughs) So, and have a retirement fund because how many riders do you know that actually have a retirement fund? Not very many. Um, I I look at Todd. I'm just like, he's still going. (laughs) Well, you have (laughs) to stay going because otherwise I don't, I don't, don't. there's no choice, you know, I'm just like, you know, (laughs) we, we took an idea that like, you know, I, I sit there and I scour, you know, the internet and read all the things on, you know, what supplement, like how much vitamin E does this horse need? You know, what's the, yeah, pretty much. And I basically like, I have all this information of like how much I use a vitamin E someone like a horse needs for this area or whatnot. Like what is really good for gut health? What if this horse needs, you know, a joint supplement, like things like that. And, you know, for me, it was like I was doing all this research and why not just package it for for everyone else, you know, and carry those products, you know, so what actually I feed. Yeah. And I feed a lot of these products, too. So and and try it out. And if I don't like it, I don't carry it. Um, so and, and a lot of the stuff like I don't like putting chemical fly spray on my horse. And maybe you can call me a hippy dippy if you want to. But no, it shows up on your labs. I yeah. can tell you from experience. They don't <laughs> yeah. do these labs on all you healthy people. But when you get sick, they do all the labs and creation and that stuff. I have so much of that pesticides Ugh. in my system. And you just think about it. And you're you just, just walking through a barn getting like coated with it. Yes. And just Feel not even gross. like. You're just like, hold your breath and then breathe again and it will be fine. It's like, no, but man, it all soaked into your skin. Yeah. And yeah. No. So, so it's all natural. Which you know, is we have, I have a couple all, more all natural fly sprays. Um, I have one that I'm just bringing on so you won't see it on the website yet. Um, and just really good high quality products that like are going to last. They're made for the comfort, the wellness, the fitness of the horse. Um, Cause I'm also a fitness nerd, you yeah. know, myself and, 
and for the horses. And I really take all of that very seriously. So why not package it all up? And, you know, the idea behind Total Equal Health is also not only ha- being an online retail store, but eventually, you know, I'm going to have rider based ex- exercise programs or suggestions, you know, um, have independent fitness trainers come on. I'm looking into getting my own fitness training pro like a uh, certification and things like that so that I can help these riders. Cause like as elite riders or even amateurs that really want to take, take the sport seriously, you, you have to be fit and you have to be beyond riding fit. Um, yeah, so that you're not training. relying on those muscles. Exactly. Totally. It's like, cross training a horse yeah. you know i take it out and like every now and then i take my show jumpers cross country schooling yeah. mainly because i'm an inventor at heart and i still have a little bit of a crazy side and i'm I like i want to jump into me. water um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um you know or do some dressage movements do those leg yields do those canter pirouettes or the idea of them you know and just really work on their overall fitness and it's the same thing that i do with myself i don't kill myself if i'm exhausted after a day i don't work out but if, you know, I try to stay on a somewhat regular program, um, do a lot of stabilizing exercises. Maybe I'm not lifting a hundred pounds, but I'm, you know, doing stability exercises and things like that. So that if I have a young horse that bucks and leaps and goes through the air, I'm not using my back when I shouldn't be using my back because my core is not strong enough, um, and things like that. So, you know, I, I really, it's a passion project that I'm trying to make come, come to light um, and really exciting. You know, we've got some really good products like the product we're going to highlight today, um, which we'll just get right into it, is um, the Ice Horse Cold Therapy uh, Ice Boots. Um, so if you're tired of cold therapy products that don't stay cold, Ice Horse Wraps with cold capsule inserts are scientifically proven to stay colder three times longer than your average gel wraps or buckets of ice and water. Um, they have a patented cold capsule insert, which is the first choice of veterinarians, leading riders, trainers. Um, they're basically ice packs, and then they have a boot that wraps around, and the wrap can get super tight, so it's a little bit more of compression along with that ice. Um, and I actually just did a blog post that will be posted to Total Equa Health once this uh, episode comes out that you know highlights why we ice our horses and things like that. Um, the ice horse wraps are made with heat-releasing quadraspan, which doesn't s- suppress heat like neoprene can, but it you know has that same uh, consistency. You can get it tight; it stays tight to the leg. Um, and things like that, and adds that compression. Um, it's tolerated by horses a lot more. So, like, yes, it gets cold, but they're not like uncomfortable. Um, and then once the cold capsules are frozen, they are basically filled with small ice crystals, which look and feel like soft, flaky snow, and they're malleable, so they conform to the horse's body for maximum coverage. And what's awesome about ice horses, they've got back wraps, they've got stifle. Uh, wraps. They've got leg wraps, knee wraps, and they actually even have this wrap it, um, you, where you can put it on like the top forearm of a leg and oh, you just amazing. take the capsule like itself and it's like an elastic bandage that hooks to itself and you so anywhere that's really tough that they don't make a boot for you can actually just put the ice pack on and it's not like oh, a wow. polo that's gonna start to 
uh, droop and then it falls down the leg. And then, oh, you know, know, next thing you know, it's down by their fetlock and the horse is like, get it off, get it off, get it off. Yeah. Or you have an injury, you know, yeah. it's like we all try, we try so hard to help. And some of the, the products are not entirely horse friendly. Yeah. Or, you know, like some of the stuff you have the best of intentions and you put it on the horse and they heat up way too fast. I mean, you right. want it to stay cold past the 20 to 30 minutes that you're supposed yeah. to ice for. I mean, you don't want to leave it on that long, but you, you want you it want to, to get your good ice. Yes. Yeah. For that yeah. duration. That's medical. That's, you know, we all, everybody subscribes to that. For well, sure. So you can find this under shop horse and under the therapy ice section, um, and we'll add it to our new featured section. And the Horse Radio Network listeners are going to get 10% off if you use code HRN at checkout. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's it's a passion project of mine. You know, I use the ice horse ice boots. Um, I use, you know, the fly spray that we carry, the the face products, the Cebu that we talked about last time, I actually use that stuff on my face. Like if I don't love it, I don't carry it. Um, so, you know, it's definitely a passion project, but I think that's important though. That's how I feel with my clothing line. It's like, and, and that's how we all feel about the horses. So you're doing something that's inside the industry. Yes, it's different, but it's pa you're passionate about the horses and make, making the sport better in whatever capacity we can do that. Yep. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you, Kayla. Aww. I did not know that you were doing all of this. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm also, you know, running a business and trying I to know. jump in my first Grand Prix. But I know, really. <laughs> I didn't know that you were totally, totally nuts. This is good. Sleep, we'll who needs break. that? <laughs> I know. Yeah. But you know what? If you're passionate about it, then, I mean, it's so you know, cliche, whatever people say all the yeah. time, but it really is true. If you have a passion for it, it doesn't feel like work. It can be no. tiring. You can be driving the truck in the middle of the night to Venice to go and try to get to the Grand Prix the following the day, you know, whatever. But if your heart is in it, and it is, uh, it they, they don't feel as long a days as they, as they can be when you're running your own business. That's for sure. Yep. So... Well, perfect. And you can find that at totalequihealth.com. Um, that's T-O-T-A-L-E-Q-U-I health.com. So cool. I'm going to check it out. Well, I guess it's time to wrap the show. They're probably tired of listening to us. People probably already <laughs> tuned out by now. They're like, okay, <laughs> they just won't shut up. But Emily, where can we find you? Uh, if people want to follow you, follow all your baby horse pictures, uh, your videos, which I've been following. You have some amazing jumpers. And if you'd like to send them oh. up to Ocala, um, <laughs> I am a newly minted Grand Prix rider. So. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> I know. And I'm still recovering. So this could be a good partnership. No, I, I tell people I don't care uh, what size, color, four legs. I just like them to jump clear and <laughs> they need to have scope for the big classes or it's not fun for me to deal with them every day. Yeah. Train them. And like, I mean, I hate to be like callous, you know what I mean? But I'm like, buddy, if you're doing the three foot hunters, like this is not your place. <laughs> You need to move along. <laughs> yeah, you need to go on, get out of here, get, get on down the road. Um, but yes, no, we've got good, great horses, uh, always for sale, always in development. On Facebook, it's Emily Wood. On Insta, it's Stella Farm LLC. 
And I will be building a website for the horses <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> but uh, the Forever cult- the horse world's demise. Oh, I, I will be putting a website together. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. Like a new social media platform. And you're like, eh, you know, like maybe I should do like Snapchat instead. Like <laughs> we're, we're getting there. But the clothing line is ecequestrianco.com. That is also on Facebook and Insta. I'm about to upload some really sweet shots of new custom orders on the shirts. So y'all check those out. That's fun, fun, fun for finals and for circuit. Yep. No, they're amazing shirts. So everyone needs to check them out. And uh, you can find me on Facebook under Kayla Benny or Selkuth Sport Horses if you want to follow my horses. Um at Total Echo Health has a Facebook page and Instagram page. And it just recently got a TikTok. It has not posted anything yet. Um, I also have my own TikTok. Don't follow that one because it's embarrassing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And you can find the links to today's guest and show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. You can have all the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And thank you to Total Equa Health for sponsoring the show this week. And you can visit that at totalequahealth.com. Remember, riding like life doesn't need to be perfect to be wonderful. Give your horse a pat after every ride. See you soon, guys. <laughs>